0: Welcome to the Choreograph Your Life podcast, where we dig deep into the journey of people's pursuit of their passion for dance. Join us as our host and guest discuss their dance journeys, the business of dance, obstacles they face, and even lessons learned along the way. Now, here's your host, Sonia Kiriyaku. Hey guys, this is Sonia Kiriakou, and I'd like to welcome you to my episode one of Choreograph Your Life. How you all doing? I'm so excited that I'm finally starting this podcast. A little bit about me and my background and why I decided to start a podcast. So I was born in London, England, and my parents are from Cyprus, so I have a uh, Greek Cypriot background came to Canada at age four and have stayed here in Montreal since then. Um, I was alone at the time, an only child. I then had my brother and sister. Well, I didn't have them. My parents had them, but we were growing up, um, you know, as an immigrant family in Canada. So moving forward, as I went through school and ended up in high school, I realized that I had a lot of trouble communicating. I was just so shy and so quiet and I just never felt myself, always felt kind of awkward. Like you could forget I was in the room. That's how quiet I was until I discovered dancing. So how did that happen? I was uh, watching these uh, very famous, world famous movies, one of them being Flashdance the other, Dirty Dancing. I fell in love with Patrick Swayze. I just thought, you know, to be a dancer is to be a god. I I was just super impressed with the power, with the influence, with, you know, that emotion, how a dancer transfers emotion to people in the room or on the screen. And this really touched me in a very deep part of my soul. I knew at that moment that I had to start dancing. And so I went back home and I asked my dad, can you please, please let me sign up for dance classes? His answer was a flat out, no way, not going to (laughs) happen. His excuse was, oh, we don't have the budget. Dancing is not a good thing. You know, that's for like not good girls, right? So coming from a traditional background, my parents didn't really see dancing as something a good girl would do. So they totally rejected the idea. But I had my dreams and I was hanging on to them. And I said, you know, when I'm old enough and I make my own money, I'm going to dance. So time went on. At the age of 18, I decided to move out. Also very not traditional, uh, not a good thing to do when you're a Greek from a Greek Cypriot household. But I just felt I needed to spread my wings and become the person I wanted to be. So I, I just I left. I got a couple of jobs I was in school and I was just making ends meet but nonetheless I was, you know, independent. I made I made my own decisions. I chose my life. So I enrolled in a program called fashion merchandising and quickly discovered it just wasn't for me. I I didn't enjoy it. It was not it was not resonating with me. So I started thinking, you know, what should I do? What, Where should I go? What's my next step? I saw an ad in a newspaper and this ad said, hiring dance teachers, willing to train. And of course, my eyes lit up and I said, that's it. Give me the phone. I'm calling. So I did that. I went there. I got hired. I started working there. I was thrilled, thrilled over the moon, happy with what I was doing, which was learning to dance, uh, basically focused on Latin and ballroom, learning about the technique, the history of the dances, but most importantly, learning how to communicate with people. This was a huge, huge skill and a big, 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 you know, roadblock for me because I was shy and I just couldn't even look people in the eye. So, um, becoming a dance teacher definitely changed, um, me as a person, I, I became more confident. I mean, it took many, many years, but this is definitely what put me in that direction. So I worked there for a while, and a couple years later, um, you know, things started getting tough. the The bills weren't being paid. You know, like uh, the tough part at that moment was, you know, not enough money basically, and I couldn't pay my bills to live on my own to um, to pay for my training and to just live. So my parents, you know, were putting pressure and they said, when are you going to get the real job, Sonia? Okay. You had your fun. Now it's time to get serious. Of course, I despised hearing that. And I will definitely be doing an episode on these, this concept, this stigma that, you know, dance or art cannot be your real job. You know, that I basically tell people I have an unreal job because that's what I do. Um, I went to work in an office and I was miserable. I hated waking up. I hated going there. I just hated every minute of it. I was dying a slow death and I knew that I needed to get back to dancing. So I reached out to one of the people I knew from the dance studio that I used to dance with and we had a really good connection and I said, hey, let's start a dance troupe. Why not? You know, let's get back into dancing. And he said, let's go. I love the idea. We started a dance team. We started practicing. We put out an ad for auditions for dancers. We got a group together. We started creating choreographies. I was back in my zone. I was loving every minute of it. And of course, my parents weren't. But, you know, at the time I said, I don't care. I'm going for it. This is my passion. This is what I want to pursue. So the person I was doing this with was, uh, his name is Sam. And a really good friend of mine and just the phone and he says, And here they are, the Sonata Dancers. And I was like, ew, that just feels weird. (laughs) It didn't really work for me. We did the show, everything went well. But then after, you know, we're driving home, and I said, Sam, I don't know about that name. Do you think you can come up with something else? Because it wasn't really grooving with me. And he said, yeah, you know what, let me think about it. A couple of days go by, comes to practice. He says, "Okay, I've got something else. I said, what is it? He says, San Tropez. And I said, wow, I'm intrigued. It's interesting. What does it mean? And he said, San, like San Juan, Santo Domingo, like basically South America. And Tropez, referencing Saint Tropez in France, uh, the vibe, the culture of the Europeans that love to party and love music. And I said, "Okay." He says, so Latin and Europe come together and you get Saint Tropez. I said, you know what? I like it. Let's go with it. Go to a show that weekend. Get Backstage, the MC says, "And here they are, the San Tropez dancers." And I was like, "Yes, I'm loving the way this sounds. I'm going for it. This is what I'm going to do. We're going to keep this name, and hence the beginning of my dance company, San Tropez." uh, Thanks to my friend Sam. Um, Unfortunately, Sam has passed away. Uh, He had a terminal illness, and um, he's gone. But I held the name in his memory and i will truly always be grateful to him for what he has done for me and what he inspired me to do and i continue to do today so i love you sam wherever you are moving forward to my the next stage of my of my life um even though i was dancing and i had now my own troupe and my own company i was still shy i was still insecure i still felt like i don't know am i cut out for this i'm not latin I don't speak Spanish and here I am dancing salsa bachata and all these latin rhythms and I don't know I just didn't feel like I was in my place. I was I was just scared, I would say. I think it was fear, you know, fearing fearing judgment, fearing that I wasn't good enough. So my struggle continues. I decided then that I would open a dance studio. I said, "You know what? I've been spending so much money renting studio space and practicing with my dancers. And it's just getting out of hand. So let me just put this money towards the rent and open my own official studio, which I did. And I'm super grateful that I did. I learned so much about business and about overcoming um, obstacles, you know, as an entrepreneur. So I had to really like just find the way to make it happen. I didn't have a budget. I didn't have a loan. I didn't have a sugar daddy. I didn't have my parents for sure. And they did not support me financially. So I just said, you know what, I'm going to move mountains. I'm going to make this happen. I sold my car. And with the money that I made from that, I laid down a carpet in the studio. I put up, you know, some basic furniture. I got my phone line and voila, I started to run a business. Um, So that started going in the way I wanted it to go in the sense that I was, you know, happy that I got there. But it was it was a tough start, guys. It wasn't like tons of students were breaking down the doors to come in and, you know, buy dance classes. Like I had to build it up from the ground up one day at a time, one phone call at a time, one student at a time. I was frequenting a club named Salsa Tech. And uh, it was—it it is still a Latin club in Montreal. been around for 30 years. It's a staple in the Latin dance world for North America, really, truly. And I was going there quite a bit every weekend and I got to know the owner. And he says to me one day, you know what, Sonia, you're fun, you're upbeat, you love dance. Why don't you run my dance competitions? I said, what? No, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. Like, that's crazy. He said, give it a try. Why not? I said, okay. And he's going to pay me for it? I'm like, sure. (laughs) So I come uh, back on Friday the following week and I'm all set to do this competition and I'm going around, you know, kind of mingling with the dancers. And I get on the microphone and I said, hey, hola, you know, (laughs) barely speaking Spanish. And I presented the competition. I asked people to come up and compete because they could win a, a bottle of champagne and nobody, and I mean, nobody stood up. It was crickets. It was probably the worst moment of my life where I just turned red and I wanted to hide. It was horrible. I stayed up there for a couple of minutes. I kind of got almost to the begging part where I'm like, please, anybody, you know, like, let's do this. It's fun. It just wasn't working. They just looked at me like, who's this white girl? She doesn't even speak Spanish. What's she doing there? You know? So I got off the microphone. I ran to the back. I was bawling my eyes out. I was dying. I was like, I can't do this. You know, what am I thinking? So I said to the owner, you know what? I'm so sorry I let you down. I, I can't do this. I just don't have what it takes. And he looked at me and he said, you know what, Sonia, you can do this. I believe in you. I want you to try again tomorrow. And I just couldn't believe that this man was trusting me and having you know, this faith that I can do something that I didn't even have an ounce of belief that I could accomplish. So I'm forever grateful for that moment because it really did change me. And, you know, um, of course, day after day, you know, doing the competition week after week, I, it got easier. People started getting more familiar with me. My Spanish improved and it, of course, helped that I was dancing with everyone. And yes, eventually the competitions were rolling and that sh- champagne, you know, was, was flowing. <laughs> I made a little rhyme there for you guys. So after this episode, after, you know, getting comfortable in the club, and the club, uh, in the competitions and running my studio, I started to, um, you know, get a little more, let's say, well-known, you know, I started to attract more students to the studio and the timing couldn't have been better because at that point in time, there was this explosion of uh, Jennifer Lopez um, you know, everybody started flipping out over her 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 Latin album and, and they were like, oh my God, I want to do this. I want to salsa. I want to move my hips like Jennifer Lopez. And then Ricky Martin with his Vida Loca. So this kind of all came together and, and worked in my favor because then the phone just would not stop ringing. At this point in time, we had moved to a different location. It was more central. And we just, we were rocking. Like, I'm not sure what the exact count is, and I'm not telling you this number to impress you, but rather to show you that anything is possible if you put your mind to it. We've taught over twenty thousand students in the downtown area of Montreal how to dance salsa, bachata, and more. And so, you know, dreams do come true. You you just have to put your 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 um, your faith in yourself and and follow your passion and just do what you need to do, get up and show up. Right. Um, so as time went on, I started to, uh, you know, bring my dancers on tour. We started to, I create, I started creating a lot of choreographies. I started to make choreographies for my students, for my dance team, for myself and my partner. I just got into a a real groove of, of creating. And what I realized is even though the music was different and the intention was different, and of course each creation was original, There was a system, there was a process, there was something that was very repetitive. And what I started to realize is that, you know, making a choreography is very much like designing your life, creating your life, choreographing your life. So this is where the inspiration came from for this podcast, is to share my experiences as an entrepreneur, as a dancer, as a woman. Um, and and explain and, and just kind of share the moments and all the lessons learned uh, along the way. As time went on, I tackled even bigger projects such as the Montreal Salsa Convention, which is a festival that is attracting over 5,000 people every year. Uh, we've done 15 years now. And as well, a very huge project that requires a lot of coordination and planning and execution and adapting your plan, right? Because you got to have your plan A, B, C, D, et cetera, because it just never meets, you know, your plan never meets reality and you, you have to expect that. So becoming adaptable and learning how to roll with the punches is also a very important skill to develop. So here I am today. You know, um, 27 years into my dance studio, 15 years into the festival, I am living my my life, my dream life, my life of my passion. I choreograph my life, and I want to share these wonderful stories with you. Follow me. Follow me on my journey as I continue to do so, and I hope to inspire you to do the same. As I interview my friends and colleagues in the same field. Um, you know, I look forward to sharing many special moments with you. So thank you so much for listening today and uh, follow my podcast, Choreograph Your Life. See you on episode two.